0: Hey there, everyone. It's Jeff from MCS Mag, and I think more than any other podcast that I've done, this is the one that I believe contains the ultimate secret to defending yourself in a violent attack. In fact, I really, really, really hope you pay close attention to this segment, because frankly, it's taken me a couple of decades to fully understand the power of what you're about to discover over just the next several minutes. And if you really take the time to think about this and understand it, and most importantly, use the information that you're about to get, I have no doubts whatsoever that you'll be twice as prepared as you are right now to handle any attack, armed or unarmed. I know that's a lot to promise, but that's how serious I am about this topic. So strap in, give me your full attention, and let's get started.
1: Firearms Training, Urban Survival, Close Quarters Combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. After
0: more than 35 years, both training and instructing in close quarters combat fighting systems, I can tell you this without a moment's hesitation. The number one most critical skill that you need to survive a violent attack isn't some complicated punch or some fancy schmancy kick. It's not even the use of a firearm or other weapon to defend yourself. It's actually much deeper than that, more philosophical or even psychological. It's something we call the switch. And going beyond technique, it's what I truly believe is the most defining factor in whether you win or lose or live or die in an attack. So what is the switch and how do you use it to defeat a violent attacker, even someone twice your size? Well, that's what we're here to find out. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And back with me today is a recent instructor to our network and someone who actually makes the switch a key component in all of his tactical training. Please welcome back to the show, Ron Grobman. Ron, welcome back to the program, man. I appreciate you taking some time for
2: us. Thank you for having me, Jeff.
0: Listen, uh, if you didn't catch the last interview we did with, with Ron, uh, he's, a, he's a wealth of information. I'm really glad to have him in the network now. At the age of 16, Ron became the youngest certified Krav Maga instructor in the United States. And since then, he's attained the rank of first sergeant in the Israeli military and served in the IDF Special Forces Reconnaissance Battalion as a sniper. Bringing his unique skills to good use, Ron has worked with civilians, law enforcement, and military personnel as a Krav Maga and combat firearms instructor, developing a variety of battle-tested programs for every level of operator. In 2016, Ron founded Tactical Fitness, a company that specializes in customized training solutions combining Krav Maga hand-to-hand combat with reality-based firearms tactics. Ron's passion for teaching is evident every session, and he has the unique ability to tailor his lessons to the individual needs and goals of his students to take their skill mastery to the next level. Now for more information about Ron and his training programs, please visit his website online at www.tacticalfitnessaustin.com. Now Ron, this is a this is a conversation that you and I had about a, it, it this is kind of a strange concept and it's something that it took me literally decades to really figure out the importance of this, what we're calling the switch. And you and I had a just a brief exchange about this, and I'm really excited about this this episode because um it's finally good to hear somebody really echoing back the importance of this, but also I really want to tap into your experience both in military and combat and working with everybody about about how to really master this but let's start with this first like what what is the switch, and why is it so critical to a close quarters combat like
2: fighting platform so the switch, Jeff, is, is essentially uh, a mindset. It's a mindset switch. Um, I go from being completely normal, relaxed, to going 100% all out, do what I have to do to win the fight. Okay. Now, my personal observation of this has
0: really been, like, I've, 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 I've taught, um close quarters combat before I'm I still take training like in Krav Maga and things like that and, and and really in watching other people people who I really see as strong fighters strong self protection people um, it's really been it's not been the technique that I've really taken notice of it's this ability and, and it's really a lot about body language it's looking just seeing the look in their eyes I mean there's there's just something through osmosis I've been taking in like you know what You know what's really odd here is this person is aggressive, maybe with strikes or something like that, but, but their demeanor, their posture seems to be almost like really defensive, almost cowering in a way, even though they're punching, even though they're, they're striking out or whatever. It's like, it's like you can almost peek inside of their brain and see that whether it's doubt, whether it's lack of confidence, whether it's I don't want to hurt somebody, whatever it is. I've seen it in real fights. I've seen it in gang fights. I've seen it in training. Like, what do you think is that defining factor? Like, I mean, what have you noticed? I mean, that's basically what I've what I've noticed. But what have you all, why did you make the switch such an important
2: part of the training programs that you've put together? I personally believe it is the most important thing I teach. Um, some people have a very a uh, good ability of learning techniques and martial arts and have good fitness and so on and so forth. Those are things that you may be able to improve, you may not be able to improve, but you don't have 100% control over. Mm. Yeah. The mental mindset, I personally believe that's something you can develop and train into yourself and also train it in a very, very, very limited amount of time. You know, in the IDF, we have our, depending which union you're in, about a year to a year and a half of training. Um, you don't have time to become, uh, George St. Pierre in that time. <laughs> you do have time to learn basic striking, but you do have plenty of time to learn mindset. And they drill it into you like nobody's business.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Ron, I think, I think that this is, um, like if we can probably break this down into three different things and it, and it really is like a, a, a turn the switch on. So when we're talking about the switch, I think exactly we're looking at like, basically how do you go from calm to complete utter destruction at, at a moment's notice, you know, and, and, and I, and I really, I agree with you in that somebody can master the techniques. I mean, they can be the best puncher, the best kicker, the best gun guru, whatever it is, but if mentally they don't identify like when the fight is on, take advantage of that spot by cranking up the intensity at a moment's notice, then, you know, my, my first, my very first instructor always said, you know, usually the first person to get in the punch is the one who wins the fight. If they still carry through with that. So I think we can break the switch down into, I think three parts is the way I I look at approaching this. So there's the kind of like the calm before the storm. Like, how do you, How do you stay in control of yourself? How do you not exude like, I'm really afraid you're going to shove my head up my ass sort of thing. You know, how do you, how do you maintain calm and composure even though you might be quaking your boots? And then there's establishing the switch yourself, uh, identifying when that takes place, when you need to switch it. And then there's the controlled intensity after that. Like what do you do with all of that fury and that power when you do it? So, so let's start off with, Really, that that calm before the storm. So when somebody, if you look at like a confrontation, it could be a, a road rage incident. You back into somebody in the parking lot. They come out. It's this guy he's twice your size. He comes out. He's looking at his fender. It was clearly your fault, and he decides to really take you to task for it. And he's right up in your face, spitting and screaming. I'm gonna shove. You know, my I'm gonna I'm gonna shove your my my foot up your ass. Whatever it is. Uh, most people when they're in that situation are are fearful inside, completely natural. But with bullies, as we see, when they see that fear in your eyes, like they know to take advantage of, like, I know I've got this guy. He's not going to fight back. He's not going to do anything. And I own this person. And that really kind of gives them the green light to go with whatever they want to do, with no fear of repercussions other than, you know, maybe getting arrested or something like that. But But as far as right there about getting any physical damage to themselves, they're not really worried about it. But for the person that's being confronted, being woofed on, being assaulted that way, like, how do we project? How do we maintain that calm in that moment so that we're not, we're not projecting fear and lack of confidence?
2: Mm-hmm. So I, I personally believe that fear is, is rooted in lack of knowledge. Um, so people are afraid of guns because they don't know anything about guns. People are afraid of, of, uh, um, parachuting because they've never parachuted. So all those things are rooted in fear. So if you haven't trained for that situation, you've never sparred someone that's much bigger than you, you've never fought someone bigger than you, of course you're going to be scared. So in the end, it's all training. It's it's preparing for that situation, being ready, knowing how to, how to handle it. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, a couple of weeks back, uh, a couple of guys tried to enter into my gated community and they asked me for the code and I was like, what are you doing here? And um, I started questioning them. Basically, from the conversation, I could tell they were lying. And I said, uh, "Good luck," but I'm not giving you a code. And then they started kind of getting confrontational. Um, Knowing my training, I know how to handle that situation. Anyone, you know, anyone that doesn't train, they'll they'll start getting confrontational with people. They'll start getting aggressive because they don't think about the consequences. What happens if I get hit? What happens to the police? Like all those things that we, as people that train, think about, right? So I have the advantage of knowing how the situation could play out and knowing to be prepared for that situation. Okay. I happen to be caring at that very moment. I was with my boxer who will probably tear that person's face off. Like I knew how to handle that situation, but if I wasn't trained, I would probably be like, you know, what do I do? What do I do now? How do, how do I handle the situation? So, um, as I always tell people, how you react in a situation will fall back on the training or the, not or I should say the lack of training that you have so that's the most important thing yeah so somebody's
0: not I mean it's natural to be fearful if you if you don't have fighting experience if you don't have any training like of course you assume this person in front of you is going to pulverize you because they're bigger they're stronger they're obviously more aggressive they like they seem to have all of the advantages there and I think that 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 calmness too that confidence in your own in your own abilities, Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Peyton Quinn, who's kind of a legend in, in, you know, in reality-based self-defense training and things like that has done a lot of work with, with felons, with cons, going into the prisons and working with felons and, and really talking about like how do they choose their victims and things like that. And like people that do have experience, they do have fighting experience or maybe they've had jail time, whatever it is, like they have a way of assessing, if you're calm when you shouldn't be, there's this thing that goes on in their mind like, hmm, these are the people to be afraid of. And that's what they, that's what they typically say is like, you know what? It's the exactly. quiet ones. It's not the people like, it's not about like being louder than they are or puffing out your chest or threatening to shove their head up their ass. It's really, there's a calm confidence when you know your abilities and, and, and self-talk matters in this. Like what you're telling yourself, like you said, somebody might be saying, Oh, I'm, you know, gosh, this person is, they're going to kill me. Well, that right there is going to have a physical reaction in your body that's going to project outwards. Whereas if you know that you're trained, and, and we should point out here, it doesn't mean you need to be a 27th degree black belt in anything and study for years and years. You just have to be able to know that what you do know has the ability to cripple a man twice your size, and you don't have to be big and strong to do it, and that's completely possible. So when you know that and you've had some training to reinforce that, that quiet calm really comes down to you just feeling almost bad for this giant hulk of muscle in front of you that is going to get destroyed if he, doesn't, if he doesn't back off. And the thing is is that you don't even have to say that. With people, whether they have experience or not, I think it comes across in your body language, and your eyes. And yeah. that calmness is like, oh, shit, maybe I shouldn't take this anywhere. And then just giving them kind of an out, you know, a respectful out that doesn't challenge them is is really really critical. Um so yeah, I'd right on the same page with you there. Listen. So okay, we've been talking with Ron Grobman of tacticalfitnessaustin.com about the switch and how to master the mindset that you need to survive a violent attack. Now we've got a lot more coming up including how to program your brain like a computer to turn your own personal switch on and off at will controlling that superhuman strength and power that you're going to get after you've unleashed that beast within with the switch and how to add this critical mindset skill into your current training regimen to really make it stick now all that and more coming right up but first check out this special message
1: imagine staring up at a six foot nine three hundred fifty pound biker dude rage in his eyes ready to cram a beer bottle down your throat as payback for bumping into him. Would you know exactly what to do without cowering in fear, without begging for mercy, without getting stomped to the floor and beaten while your family watches in horror? You will now with this simple three-step plan. One, don't take your family to biker bars. That's really kind of stupid, isn't it? Two, harden your mind with bulletproof warrior confidence. And three, master your own secret bag of shockingly powerful fight tricks. Waiting for you and your free DVD, you can claim now at DefeatLargerAttackers.com. In a real fight, you don't have the option of losing. Not when your life or the safety of your family hiding behind you is on the line. You need to know exactly what to do in those first few seconds of an attack and end it quickly and walk away with your life, your loved ones, and your pride intact. In this free DVD, you'll discover the street fighting secrets for how to knock a bigger, stronger man head first into the pavement with brutal, unstoppable power and speed regardless of your size, strength, or even if you've never been in a fight before in your life. Claim your free DVD now while this offer is still available at www.DefeatLargerAttackers.com and unleash your true potential to kick ass. And now, back to the show.
0: Okay, we're back with Ron Gropen of TacticalFitnessAustin.com talking about how you can develop your own personal combat mindset switch to defend yourself in a violent attack. So now is where we get into the more juicy stuff. So let's go ahead and jump back in now ron let's talk about let's talk about the switch itself, okay I mean, I think that um, I'm really trying to get this into people's mind where they personalize it where it's not just like a um a step by step numbers thing. I think for somebody to find their own rage, their own switch their what like, what's going to really help to unleash their full power potential and destroy that person in front of them, it almost seems like it's really personal, so let's talk about the switch itself i mean how, how does somebody establish that switch? How do they identify what it is? How do they determine what it is for them specifically? Like, how do you develop that in your training when you're working with these people? Like, okay, I've told you about the switch. Now here's what it is, and here's how you determine what it is for
2: you. So the, the switch, um, the way we train in the army is actually, it's, it's funny when you look back at it, and it's not so, so funny when you were, when you were there. Um, the way we trained for Krav Maga in the army and really everything we did, especially during our our special forces training um, is they'd wake you up in the middle of the night They usually the commander comes up to someone whispers in the ear, and tells them seven minutes Krav Maga, which means in seven minutes you have to be fully dressed in the Krav Maga gym which is usually about half a kilometer to a kilometer away with all the gear Um, and you're doing that from like sleeping so the person who's ever waking up has to literally start screaming get everyone out of bed um, so that's that was one of the ways we we trained that switch uh, and that means when you're given a task you go full force on it. They told you okay um, you have literally for basic training they start you on that mindset that they tell you ten seconds you were on the other side of the the base ten seconds you were seated in the cafeteria so you're you're constantly in that mindset of doing things full out as fast as you can, as efficiently as possible. Now, of course, for civilians, I don't expect them to call up their Krav Maga instructor and tell them like, hey, I need you to surprise me in the middle of the night and have me train Krav Maga, like it's not practical. But we have uh, many drills that we used and did, uh, especially inside our our hand-to-hand training and our firearms training to get people in that mindset, get soldiers in that mindset. And of course, uh, normal civilians can use that as well. Um, one of my favorite drills, uh, I call it a hallway. Um, in the Army, we did the hyper-aggressive version of that. For civilians, you might want to step that down for your safety and also to not get injured. Um, basically, you have a line of two people, or so I should say two rows of people, five, ten, twenty, as many people as you have, and one person has to go through that hallway that they formed. As they're going through the hallway, they're doing nonstop strikes, and the people in the hallway are hitting them, okay? So you're getting beat up by 20 people while you are striking and fighting, all right? And you have to, usually they hype you up for that, and you just get hyped up, and then when the instructor says go, it's, you know, all out until you're done. Um, Another drill I, I really favor, I call it the ring of fire, essentially, you have people with their arms interlaced in a circle surrounding you, and you have to make it out of that circle of people with just pure strength, no fighting, nothing. Um, that's one of the drills. And there's many, many more that you can use and, and, and train with. But all those drills get you, um, in the mindset of, cause you're doing things that are extraordinarily difficult, right? To have to get beaten by 20 people while you're fighting is extraordinarily difficult, okay? Uh, to get out of, uh, being held essentially inside a little circle of people is extraordinarily difficult. So it creates that little build in your mindset of things that you're capable of and things that you could potentially do. Um, and that trains that, that switch mindset in you. When you have to go, you go, no matter what. Whatever the task is, it's impossible. You still make it happen.
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting because, because you see this in movies sometimes, right? Like Rocky's getting the shit kicked out of them. You know, it's like, you know, it's the, it's the last round. He's down. He's, he's dead tired. He's like all bruised up and everything. All of a sudden you see this thing happen in their mind. Right. And it's like all of a sudden, somehow, somehow they were able to harness like all the energy in the world and come back and just be able to fight out of it. Anybody that's ever done like two minutes on a heavy bag realizes that's, that's pretty much for, for Hollywood for the most part, physically. Like when your body is done, it's done. You're not really coming, pulling that much more out. But there's this thing that happens psychologically where, and it's usually around anger. And sometimes that comes from being yeah. like this feeling of helplessness. Like we all have that survival instinct, right? Like everybody has this. It's it's our survival mechanism that we have. But a lot of people don't tap into it very early. And that's what we're talking about here is like, you know, you might get it if you if you're getting beat up and you're down and you're, let's say you're on the bar floor and you're all curled up and you're getting, you know, somebody's kicking the, kicking the the hell out of you and you're down there. Well, you have a choice right there, right? Like, okay, I can pray they stop or I'm going to, or you realize, you know what? I could really die here. Screw that. I need to go see my kids tonight. You know, I'm going to, I need, I'm going to go home to mama tonight. Then all of a sudden there's this thing that switches on in the brain that says F that. No, it's this it's this F that moment exactly, where everything turns around and all of a sudden you do feel more power. You are going to get a surge of strength. The adrenaline kicks in. That's fight or flight. Well, you can go from flight and all of a sudden it's really about switching it around to, oh, hell no. Screw that. I'm going to destroy this person. Now, of course, you, like you said, you need the, the skills to back it up. But but it, it usually result revolves around fear or anger. That triggers that adrenaline. And so what you're talking about a lot of times is really like going through the hallway or whatever, you know, oh, this sucks. Oh, this sucks. Oh, I'm getting beat up. Oh, it's not working. Oh, that technique I learned didn't work or whatever. And hopefully getting to that point where it's like, I know you see it, right? Like you see it change in their eyes and in their, in their in their psyche and everything that they do. All of a sudden, they get like angry and unleash. And so so let's take it from there. So so Ron when we're talking about the uh, we we've switched on the adrenaline like we 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 have found a way to identify that and be able to turn that on. Um how do we control that intensity or or let me ask you this do you have any are there any techniques that you know of so that somebody doesn't have to get to the point of desperation or fear or I'm getting beat up it's time to turn this around how do we how do we purposefully instill that trigger that switch to be able to do that like I know you you've given us an um in the other question like a a drill like that you do in in training there but is there anything mentally somebody can do or is there any special little trigger that you know of that we can purposefully be able to instill that instill that trigger and be able to call it up at will
2: that make sense? Yeah, so we call the concept – yeah, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. We, we, I call that concept – we used it in the Army once again. I, I pull a lot of things because I think the, the, the training, the mindset training we got was absolutely phenomenal in that regard. Uh, we call it being locked, okay? You you have to create that that mindset of being locked in your training and in, in life. Like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. That's it. doesn't matter if there's 10 people i got to fight, one person, if I need to get from point A to point B, i 'm going to do that, and it's just being locked on that task mentally uh, in fact I'm happy you mentioned that example of you know being beat up you know on the floor in the bar where I was actually training that with my students um, this past week. Um, we were training defending kicks while you're on the ground someone was stomping you, kicking you, what have you, and I told them don't worry about the defense as much as just getting up and starting to fight, okay be locked on that you're locked on. Getting up and getting out of that position. The defense doesn't matter. What counterattacks you use don't matter. You either get kicked while you're on the ground or you get up and get out of that situation. And once they made that switch in their mind, like, okay, I'm not doing defenses anymore. I am surviving. I'm fighting. They Their defense actually became better because they weren't thinking about it. They were just going, going all out. So that was... That's how they built it up. It's, it's just that locked mindset. That's yeah. That's the main thing I stress: be locked. You're you're set on it. Do it. Yeah, yeah. I want to get
0: into maybe some more drills that we can do on a personal level too. There, but but so okay. So Ron, we've we've unleashed holy hell. We've we've flipped the switch on. Okay, it brings up the adrenaline. It brings up the power. You get that surge that that's going. You're about ready to just. You you have all this power, but unless it's channeled, it just becomes like a cat fight, right? So. So after we flip the switch, we have this power, we have this strength. How do we harness that? How do we control that to be able to use it to our advantage so that it is an effective t- technique and it's not just you know slapping somebody <laughs> around or whatever? It's it's it, it's a controlled yeah. approach. And I'm not even really necessarily talking about like you need to know you know um, pressure point number you know C97 or any super duper you know monkey back fist technique or anything like that, but Like, how do we use that power behind the
2: techniques that we develop through our training? Or does it just happen naturally? Um, If you train properly, if you train correctly, if you train technically, that will come naturally. Like, if you're used to punching a certain way, when you flip that switch, that's how you're going to punch. I mean, you're not going to change your technique all of a sudden. It doesn't work that way, especially if it's built into your muscle memory at that point. Um, But once again, you fall back on your training. You fall back on your training. What How you train is how you will fight. If you train to throw palm strikes a whole bunch, you're gonna throw palm strikes. If you train to use knees a whole bunch at close quarters, you're gonna throw knees. If you're used to doing lots of, you know, flurries, that's what you're going to do. You know, it's it's either the training you fall back on or a nothing. Okay, so that's that's the way I see it.
0: Yeah, so so it does. I mean, really, (laughs) it does always come back to do you um, do you know. A single technique that you can put that's a powerful technique that would work against somebody. Like, do you understand? Like, targeting is is probably part of it as well. Like, you can unleash holy hell on on some guy that's 350 pounds, and you're trying to punch him in the stomach, and it's not really doing anything to him. So, targeting, I think, is is probably part of that as well. Like, do you know the areas that if somebody's 350 pounds and they just broke out of prison with their bare with their bare hands by going through concrete walls, like that person is going to be hard to take down unless you know the points on their body where it doesn't even matter for what the technique is. If you can get in there, I mean, eyes are just an example, you know, if you can, even if it is a, even if it is a cat fight with full ferocity intensity and you're gouging at those eyes, like that's a, that's something that it's controlled. It's in, it's intense. It doesn't require a lot of technique, but it's going to be extremely effective with the right power and strength behind it. So, um, definitely training, training, training and, and knowing what those, what those things are. Yeah. Awesome.
2: So yeah, people, people seem to always look for, for those easy solutions and there just isn't. You, you have to train. There, train. There's no like way around. If you don't train, doesn't matter if you've been shooting all your life. I had a lot of those people that shoot all their life um if you don't train for combat whether that's hand-to-hand or firearms or knife or whatever whatever is your your poison so to speak yeah the amount of blogs you read will not help you win a fight (laughs) right and, and and like you say i mean
0: even just you know going most people that own a firearm go down to the relaxed range and they're you know taking their time and they're trying to get that tight shot group let's face it a lot of ranges you can't draw concealed, you can't move while you're shooting. You, you can't, can't get behind cover. In indoor range can't you
2: can't do anything.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so making it as I real as really target. Right. So <laughs> that's good. I hadn't heard that before. That's awesome. Um
2: but you're right. I mean it's, I mean, that's, it's that's what it is. You know, people people go to the to the indoor range. Even most outdoor ranges they're public. Like you're literally doing nothing besides maybe zeroing your rifle and working the pure fundamentals. You are literally throwing 20, 30, 40, depending on how much your ammo is at the target every time you press the trigger. That's all you're yeah. doing. You're getting nothing out of it.
0: That's such a great point. Such a great point. Awesome. All right, Ron. So, so we've talked about in, in, in this interview, like establishing the calm, like understanding where this calmness comes from and being able to project that, um, that hopefully can avoid a fight. Um, part of this is identifying what your switch is and, and, and part of that, Part of that is really um, also knowing when the fight is on. You don't want to unleash holy hell on somebody that you can back out of the fight. with. So it's really about identifying what those indicators are that, you know what, this person isn't going to back down. Um, they, and, you know, mm-hmm. obviously there are techniques around that, you know, offering somebody a respectful out, giving, you know, that sort of thing. Giving them their respect rather than trying to egg them on. So there's elements of that. But once you know a fight is on is when you flip that switch. When you know, look, there's no getting out of this. This is going to be a fight and I'm going to be the first one to strike here, which I think is another important part that we, you know, we, we address here is that if you know this is on and you can verbalize that to a responding police officer that comes to mop up the mess that you just made with this guy. Like you need to be able to articulate like I gave him an out. I gave him this. Um, I noticed that the, uh, he was leaning into me. He was building up his anger. I felt like I was in fear of my life. I had to defend myself when you recognize that yourself and then you flip the switch and now you've got it resorts to your training because especially in that adrenalized state you're not going to have all of those mental faculties that allow you to do complicated tasks and things like that that adrenaline is part of the reason why you know you flip that adrenaline on you're going full bore here which means that you're you're going to have to have very very effective very powerful training that's going to be backed up by that so now let's talk about um, how somebody that doesn't go to a Krav Maga class, has, doesn't have access to you here in Austin, Texas. I'm really thankful that you're in my backyard here. But uh so somebody that doesn't have an instructor that knows these things, that understands the importance of the switch. Is there something, what, what techniques do you have for people at home, people that are listening to this or watching this, if, they, if they're watching the video version of um, what they can do, to train this and instill this to be second nature so that they can call it up at will if they're ever approached or, you know, in a, in a violent attack.
2: So one of the things you can do that you could say almost has nothing to do with fighting um, is sprints. Hmm. Very short sprints, uh, maybe 50 meters, something of that nature, um, where they set a clock for themselves. And every time they sprint, they try to beat that clock. That's actually, once again, we did a whole lot in the Army. We call it, it a six-by-six six yeah. drill. So you sprint back and forth uh, three times. And as you get more tired, you should be doing this faster and faster and faster. And that's 100% mindset because physically you're getting tired. So you have to mm-hmm. push that extra step um, mentally to do that. And each time, you know, it's a quick sprint. It's 20 seconds. So you go all out. Um, another thing I like to do are you familiar with the Tabata interval?
0: Um, yeah go ahead and explain what it is I mean it might be yeah, yeah trying to try and explain what it is from uh, for those that don't understand it
2: so uh, the Tabata interval is, is developed I believe by some Japanese uh, sports yeah. scientists it seems to be the optimal interval training to I guess get the most out of your uh, high intensity workout uh, I take it more of a for a fighting perspective, what I like to do is I have a punching bag, and it's basically it's eight rounds of 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. Um, so what I do is for 20 seconds, I go all out on my punching bag, and as they say, start fast and go faster, um, and then rest 10 seconds, and I do that for eight rounds. And same as the sprint. I try to increase my intensity as I get more physically tired. Because I know it's only 20 seconds. You know, I'm not I'm not running six miles right now. I'm going for 20 seconds. It doesn't matter how tired you are, you can still go all out for 20 seconds.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And the um, the other thing I would say, the only other the, that that's great. I like I hadn't thought about using sprints in that in that in that fashion because sprints, I mean, if anybody's ever done track or anything like that, like it really is a controlled intensity. Like you have to, you go from being well, calm, if you will, going up to the blocks on, on a track, if you're, if you've ever done track before. And then when that, the switch is really that gun going off, right? It's that, bl- it's that blank. It's, you hear that gunshot and then it's like you try and unleash as much intensity and power and strength as you possibly can for a very short period of time. What it allows you to do that is for a short period of time. So that's awesome. The other thing that's um, the, where, where I first kind of, I didn't recognize what it was at first, but in my very, when in my teen years, when I was taking, it was actually most of probably haven't heard of it, but it's Pengai noon. It's actually a Shaolin Kung Fu system, but it's not like you see on like Kung Fu theater on Saturday mornings. It's, it's a, it's a very extremely direct and powerful Um, martial art but our sparring was not we didn't use pads it was essentially one-on-one we stood there in front of each other with our with our hands up it was tiger crane and dragon so your hands are in kind of this mode of you're about ready to reach out and scratch somebody's eyes out in front of you and then you would face off with this person and the, the the trainer was there ready to say go but he didn't say go until he saw that you had built up enough ferocity behind the eyeballs. Like in your brain, he could see that you were ready to rip this guy's head off. And we didn't use padding. You were able to go full force to the torso, show to the head, but it was, it was literally just an intense, um, unleashing of a beast within you. And it was about harnessing that, using it when he says go. And it only lasted maybe three or three to five seconds. But if you do it right and if your technique is right, that's all you really need to put that guy in front of you yeah. down. So, so I would say another, you know, another thing to do is somebody can, if you've got a heavy bag or something like that, you could do it probably shadow boxing as well. But, but just, um if you have a heavy bag, just get in front of it calmly and just look at it. If you have a, if you have a Bob training dummy, something that looks more realistic, I think that that works even better. Cause it does look more realistic, but just to stand there and in bad breath zone and just try and build up the mind, just try and like, get to the point where you're, you're telling yourself confidently, I'm going to rip this son of a bitch apart. And, and I would say at first, like in our training, we always like, we wanted to look like that. Like we got our our face into it and we like our breathing was really shallow and it was like, you could see the ferocity there. I would say, start with that, right? Like be able to understand what that feels like to build yourself up to that kind of intensity level. And then I would say, and and then from there, Flip the switch and just unleash just for like five, five seconds as hard as you can with whatever simple strikes you can on the bag just to be able to, to tie together that mental switch with a physical action behind it. And then I would say like maybe the next thing to do would be do that same thing, build up that ferocity, but don't try and show it on your face. Like see how calm you can make your face and what you're showing. Try this in a mirror and then, but in the background, like in your mind, see how how much of an intensity level you can build up that that builds up enough momentum for when you flip the switch, you've got it ready to go to.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely uh, a great way to do it. Uh, one of my favorite drills to use at the range, I use this a lot with my private clients, is uh, once again developing that quick draw, quick rounds on target, and that switch of, okay, shit, I'm in a fight right now. Um, we'll be walking back and forth. Uh, around the range doing figure eight or something of that nature. Um, and then I draw and I fire at a steel target to engage them. So they're actually hearing gunfire. And as quick as possible, they have to run, run to cover or engage right there, depending on the, what the specific drill is and engage their threats. Mm.
0: That's great. That's a great drill. That's a great live fire drill that somebody can can use this with yeah. or, you know, bring some other trigger or have somebody else, you know, help you out with that as well. Maybe somebody else saying go that – adds more of that surprise to it. Because sometimes you don't know. I mean, look, bad guys aren't stupid, right? We like to think that criminals are stupid, but they know, they don't want to fight. Like they would rather ambush you. So you might not even know it's coming. You might, you, it might not be a, a face-to-face encounter. You might be walking to your car and all of a sudden you see, you hear feel yourself get hit over the back of the head and you've got to come out of that. So that's great to add that, that other, you know, surprise trigger in it as well. Awesome. Well, Ron, this is, um, Yeah. Man, I'm, I'm so, I was really looking forward to this conversation because this has been an epiphany of mine for a while that I've not really been able to articulate. And I really, it was so good to see in your training programs that you include this as a line item. Like, this is one of the things we're going to work on when you come for these training classes. And I should point out to everybody that not only do you have hand-to-hand combat classes, but you also have all sorts of other tactical type training programs from firearms, really, really realistic firearms. Low light scenario firearm training, things like that, um, that are really important for an entire like self protection training program. So, so thank you very much. I appreciate you uh, you stepping back in and and uh, help me with this topic today. And listen, everyone, um, the even though uh, Ron is his program is in Austin, Texas, which I'm very personally very thankful for. Like people come in for this training program because of the quality of what he's actually putting out there. And I highly recommend you go over, take a look at his website, take a look at the training that he has available. Um, I'm looking to possibly even put together some training programs. Maybe we can get in to come out and do some stuff where we're at here and have some people come in for modern combat and survival or whatever. But uh, I'm really excited with discovering Ron's training, and I know you will be too. Make sure that you go over to his website over at www.tacticalfitness.com austin.com and check out everything that he has available for you there okay all right and until the next modern combat and survival broadcast this is jeff anderson jeff anderson i know who i am jeff anderson is saying prepare train and survive
1: this has been modern combat and Survival. survival we hope you've enjoyed the show you can help us out by rating our podcast on itunes and leaving a comment